Hey, welcome back to the Real Solution Podcast. Hey, <laughs> so you a rapper now? <laughs> hey, I am an artiste. Okay, I can do a little bit of everything. <laughs> it is your favorite rule breaker, Brandon, and our lovely redhead is with us. And we'd like to say welcome back to another episode of the Real Solution Podcast. Hello, everyone. Hey, hey, I know you've missed me. How you been? I have been wonderful. Well, great. I have as well. I don't have. I know you're out jet setting, <laughs> back flying, but they're gonna clip your wings now, ain't they? <laughs> Listen, y'all. It felt so good to be back on a plane. It had been 19 months, if I'm correct, since the last. So, do they plane. social distance you on a plane? Well. Um, a couple things with that. I'm going to just answer and say no, <laughs> just to answer the question. But okay. the rate of flying has significantly reduced that it's also not really an issue. Uh, my flight coming back, ha- back had 65 people, so I just put those two feet of mine up on that row and I had a great nap on my nighttime <laughs> flight because there was nobody on the plane. Um, so I enjoyed that. That was really great. Um, the first flight uh, was a bit more full, was in the daytime. Um, but again, you're just not at full capacity. Um, so everyone's pretty much traveling with who they're traveling with. And um, you're sitting together and you still have room. Now, the only reason I agreed to fly was because um, even though my friends and I had already planned this trip, I still wasn't 100% set on it. Um, but I got the email update from Southwest um, CEO about all of the changes they were making to support those who decided to fly, and they were just fantastic. And I read them, and you know there was like the recirculation of fresh air every f- uh, few minutes. Of course, they had uh, they did initially do social distance seating, so middle seats were not open. Um, and so I don't know if I'm, I'm pretty sure most airlines did that, but I know they were heavily, heavily advertising that middle seats were not open. So um, but they've changed that since. And, you know, they talk about how they're extensively sanitizing after each flight more than normal. Um, you know, they've reduced their contact rate with each other by reducing the, you know, beverage and snack options. And they're giving you more on flight options to kind of keep everyone settled. So it, it was it was really good to see that. And that's when I made the decision to say, OK, I'm going to give this a try and get back on a plane. It's been 19 months. I've missed it. And it was a great trip. I got to go back to the mountains in Denver. And I love going to Colorado. It was a great time. Oh, good. So I have had a great time. But I know you've missed me. It's been two weeks since you heard this beautiful voice. I know. It's all right. You don't have to tell the world. I know, know, but we had to come back on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. And so we are just going to do some casual conversation about a little bit of everything going into the world. Everyone loves a good open mic conversation. Um, and of course, we're posting. There's a lot going on in the world right now. There, there is the biggest thing I would say is post-election. What do you think? Oh yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> post-election, lots of you know race, uh, and I do. I mean, like presidential race, not like race race. <laughs> presidential. <laughs> gotta, isn't that sad? You got to clarify <laughs> these days. <laughs> you do have to clarify. Presidential race, Senate race, all of that good stuff. A lot of race conversation politically. Um, so, yeah. 
So what do you think about the um, voter fraud? We talked about it before the election. Um, We released that episode. I believe it was election morning. We released it that afternoon, did we not? I I can't remember. I'm sure we did, but we did talk about it. And so... Yeah. Um... So, y'all, I, I have not been as tuned in as, as much as I should. You know, is that ever changing? Um, <laughs> but you should have been you should have been focused on that plane. <laughs> well, I, here's the thing. Here's why I'm just I, kidding. Here's the thing why I didn't pay too much into the voter fraud situation is because you my, my mind is telling me in all of my years being on this earth and seeing presidential election, elections and voting in my own in the past. And in this one, I've never heard this much discussion about voter fraud. And so I I don't want to say I ignored it, but I just truthfully put it in the back of my mind and said, if there is actual voter fraud taking place on either side, it will be revealed and as such will happen. That's literally what I just did. I, I wasn't going to stress about it because... At the end of the day, it seems like it's a he said, she said situation, and those just aren't factual. That's not what I put my energy into. So I really did put it in the back of my head and said, you know what? If it's if it's actually happening, if it's going to be a result that is going to um, change the way things turn out, then then that's going to happen. You you can't keep that. Someone's going to be able to identify it, and so I just I just didn't pay no mind to it. And from what I know, and you can tell me if you know things have changed, um, I've seen several states come in and do recounts and say no detection of voter fraud, the results remain the same. Um, so I just haven't put too much into it. Um, the other, the other point though that I did see is. And I, and I and I definitely wanted to validate this. There's a tiny little spider on my desk. Oh my gosh, I'm scared. Uh, voter fraud. <laughs> voter fraud. The <laughs> the only the recent post that I've seen that makes you question is, um, I gotta kill this. I'm not kill. Um, what's the word? I'm gonna put the little spider outside. <laughs> I'm gonna just. Cap- he killed it, guys. I'm don't gonna, don't believe him. I do, he killed it. I do not. I listen. I was in. So we're going to have to intervene for a second. I went to the car dealership like recently and I'm sitting down waiting in the lobby, waiting for my car to get serviced. Huge freaking wolf spider or whatever it was just strolling across the carpet in the dealership. And, you know, the old me would have politely just smashed it and said, you know what? Go on about your business because I don't need this kind of terror in my life. But you know what? I was a better person for God's creatures. I got a little plastic cup. I got a little napkin. And I captured him and put him outside. And a nice little dealership man said, you know what? I'm very proud of you for taking care of God's creatures. He said it just like that, too. <laughs> I'm really proud of you for taking care of God's creatures. You know, most people wouldn't do that. You know, I felt really good that day. But I don't do spiders. So let's be clear. <laughs> he got to go. Go back out. my son. I don't listen. <laughs> hey, I'm not as afraid of them as your son. <laughs> I he is terrified. He's a bit more terrified than I am. And he's a big honking boy, too, and afraid of a little tiny spider. <laughs> Damn. I'm not mad at him. I love you, him. son. <laughs> not mad at him. But, okay, back to the 
point that I saw, and this was very interesting. So you have a lot of those who are saying voter fraud on these presidential election ballots. Those same ballots also have uh, Senate and congressmen and uh, all of those people as well on their ballots as well that you're voting for in your districts. But you do not hear the same outcry about voter fraud for those Republican and conservative candidates that have won on those same ballots. So but I, you know what? I have to squelch part of that because part of the one of the things that I saw that they felt was voter fraud was because the ballot had nobody else on the ticket but the president's. Now I haven't seen any of those. That that would be interesting. I, I would agree that would be concerning, but I just hadn't seen any. I hadn't seen right. any reports of them. And there's so much misinformation out there. And here's if you see my Facebooks or now we're on Parlor, and I, I do put a lot out on Parlor because I don't have to w- worry about Facebook jail. Um, <laughs> I have not seen the Parlor. I, I cannot. Con- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Parlor's pretty raw. You can put whatever you want on there. It is it is a platform that was, I think, the intention of the others, but they got too full of themselves. Um, you put ever whatever you want. Parlor is out there for discussion. They don't want you know. They want you to be respectful of others, but it's to try to put real information out there. Disagree with each other, um, but it, there's so much. And I'm just like, come on, people, sit back. If we would get back to more constitutional views, some of this would have disappeared. I think part of the issue is that you have, even in, and it doesn't matter who, Texas is one that got hit um, because their governor altered their election rules the day before the election. Now, how do you get every county on board with a change the day before? I will agree that there did appear to be a lot of people in political roles uh, just trying tactics left and right to, I mean, discredit, you know, voting. Um, And Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's... um, uh, state level Supreme Court, the governor said, "I want to allow any postmate post dated ballot to be counted up to three days later." And the, their court agreed to that, and it didn't matter if it had a post date on it or not. Now, see, so when we say, because I want to clarify that, because from my understanding, legally. If the vote is submitted election day or prior and dated for that, legally they still have to be counted. But are we referring to votes dated after election day? Because I, that's where a lot of people are bringing up points as far as that I'm seeing. And I mean, logically, you know, common sensely, but I know we, everybody don't have that. Common sensely, <laughs> common sensely tells me that obviously if it's november 4th or after that doesn't count that's not election day or prior to 
but if right. it's, and that it, was part of that debate in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so I mean, I would completely ag- agree. Like, if I mean, you can't again, common sensely, it just tells me that election day or before is legally valid. The fourth and after is does not exist. So I, I just don't exactly. I don't know, I don't know what the but because is. their governor thinks that he can change the rules, and that's another reason everybody. You know, I I know I sound like a broken record because I have a new toy. It's called the <laughs> Constitution. Um, if you go back and if we follow the Constitution, your level is the governor can't just make these rules up. They can take a topic or. A potential law to their legislative branch that's who makes the laws not the governor that's so your governor can't go off and be a dictator of the state and we're seeing that happen across the country these governors who are telling you you can't have more than five people in your home for Thanksgiving you can't do this with your ballot you can't it's not up to the governor's folks and you need to make that clear to your governors if you live in those states yeah i definitely think that um there's a lot of people try like i said there were a lot of different tactics trying to be oh, yeah. put in place and um it, i mean it just was tom tomfoolery you could see it all well over the in texas one of the other things that the governor got his hand slapped for was he implemented drive-through voting. I saw that. So his big fault with that, because I'm like, I would rather see drive-through voting than mail-in voting. Correct. And my reason for that is you're going to have to show your ID or you are physically there to be accounted for. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw the drive-in, the drive-through voting, and how some people have. Ha- there were the point came across to me that there were conservatives or Republican uh, parties that did not like that. But from our understanding, the operations of it was approved by those same parties. So they were really confused as to how we got the approval for the same equipment or the the certified equipment and the certified process and the individuals and the stations and then all of a sudden news wise media wise it was we don't agree to this so (laughs) it's always very interesting (laughs) and folks the media is not our law enforcement division The people who take the media that they are running things, they do not. Um, They are supposed to, you know, we watched the election for the most part as a family. And, you know, that's hard to do in my house because I have got young adult children who are in 12 different directions. But believe it or not, all three of my kids were at home. And my husband and I, and we actually watched um, several different news channels. Um, I will never trust Fox News or CNN again with any valid information. We were watching them call states that only had 42% of the ballots in. How do you call a state with 42% of the ballots? And other states that had 80 and 90% of the ballots, they wouldn't call. 
So my question to the media is, what service do you think you're doing the American public when you do that? Well, I mean, and I didn't, and I did not keep up with him. I, I did not. I I'm, I did not tune in on election day. I was like, "Have a great day," because it was just gonna be a shit show. I waited till the well, next. You know day. what? It did. I and and I get that because you and I have talked so much about politics. I'm just like, "What is gonna be is gonna be." But you can't miss a teaching moment when you have your kids there, and and my husband and I have had this discussion that we are part we contributed to the problems of the generations of today and when i say that it's because we did not do enough to teach our kids some of the important things like you know how the laws are set up how it's supposed to work we left that to the schools and i'm finding you know that my son, out of the three of my kids, is the sharpest about all that, but he loves history. So he has done a lot of his own research. He amazes me at some of the stuff. And he and I have talked about him coming on and talking about some of the things in history he's taught himself. And my daughters kind of go, oh, we didn't learn that. But my husband and I did not do enough to reinforce, and we kind of talked about this before we went on air about the school systems. I think where a lot of the the drop is that it's not always focused on when they get home. Hey, have you done your homework? Usually your kids don't ask you questions about history. Their questions are about math and science. That's where they need the help at home. So we let the other stuff slide by. Mm -hmm. But in watch, we used election night and leading up to it with our kids um, because I have one that was a first-time voter. I have one that has voted every chance she has gotten since she turned 18. And my son, he votes if we stay on him. (laughs) I mean, because I kept on him about, you know what, you need to go vote. And so he went and voted, um, not with the family, but he went a couple days later because he said, because I felt guilty for not. But, you know, that's the one thing that has been given to every legal American citizen is the right to vote and to have a voice in who we are going to put in charge of our country or our state or our city. I recommend Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo was a great leader. He would he would. Well, you know, last year or the last presidential I wrote in Snoopy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. And part of our problem in this country is, you know, I may have told you guys this before. Years ago, I wanted to run for a public office, and my kids were going to disown me if I did. They said, You have no idea what that will do to us at school. How kids get treated when their parents are in public office if if things are going good we're treated well but men let them not like something you say or do and and our life at school is over and that's sad 
But now they're all grown, so I don't have to worry you know, about that. I, so I, I, don't, I, don't, I am looking. I don't think it has to be that way. I personally think that there are a lot of different elements when that comes into play. Um, oh, no you, doubt. I, I just, but, but you're looking at a kid's perspective. I mean, I'm thinking like high school. Because in middle school, they're not going to pay attention. Even though you're going to want them to or try to educate them, middle school years is not going to be the focus if you're in public office and they're kind of knowing what their parents do or the decisions that they're making. High school, different circumstances. Very conscious adults, young adults, a little bit more in tune to what the conversations may be. So I personally think, while I definitely understand where that perspective can come from of, oh, the school life could be you know a bit rough for someone who has a parent in public office and they're making decisions that the communities don't like and oh that's your parent and oh that's your mom and dad i get it i think more so though it does not have to be because there should be other factors in place those the children themselves should know how to i don't want to i don't want to over cliche it by saying stand up for themselves but they should know how to articulate uh, certain responses should they engage into someone who doesn't see, you know, that wants to bring up their parents' decision making in the courts or whatever. There's also school officials who should be playing a, <laughs> a part into diffusing, I should say. Should anything occur, there should be conversation that says this is not what you're here for. You're here for this that's not your place to discuss that here. That's not what your education's for uh, during this time. You know, promote an education level or say, hey, there's a way to get involved in the school or whatever the case may be. But bashing other students in the quote unquote bullying, because bullying is a thing these days. <laughs> I just think. Yes, it, it is. It doesn't have to be. I just don't think that to me that to me that to me that statement said fear and children should not young adults should not have fear at that you know about certain things well, at that age. And my girls had that trauma in middle school. And I think because of this day and age what they see on TV is the hatchet job done on people running for political office. And while we may not want to get too involved in in the political thing, when you sit back and look at some of the ads put out there, I don't I don't want to hear your opinion of how horrible a person you think that candidate is. I want to hear what you are going to do for me and my family. How are things going to get better? I would promote um, 50% off brunch every third Sunday. <laughs> okay. Just hey, I, and I'm down with that. <laughs> but do you can. see what I'm saying? The the hack jobs that are done through the media and advertising is just... I mean, we've watched people's political careers be annihilated over a rumor. You know, when we start doing video uh, podcast episodes... You and I will sit and watch some news stations. We'll do some of your majors and just watch several segments and have live discussions on those segments because I don't 
I, I, you know, as someone who is passionate um, in journalism, that's one of actually what my minor is in, in for my undergrad. Um, I'm not going to say there isn't bad journalism out there. I 100% know that. But I think <laughs> I say, if you say no, that we that we are not seeing or hearing that, we are finished. <laughs> I promise. I know that's definitely not the case. There is definitely bad journalism out there. But I think now it's so pre it's so ingrained in people's mind now that oh, this new station is bad. They don't do this, or this new station is all of that. That they go into those news stations every time predetermined on it's a bad view and it's not good journalism when in fact they actually may be several signs of good journalism in there that they're um, broadcasting but maybe there's some work to be done in other areas um, and so I just I think I, I know you and I will sit and watch some of those and just have some conversations and share those with people to see what we actually see because I'm gonna tell you I don't see that I don't watch TV I just don't, and I can't tell you last time I sat down and watched Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or any of them. Can't tell you. Well, and, and you know, I don't get a lot. My, what was this? Somebody asked, what was the last show you watched on TV? And unfortunately, my answer was Blaze the Monster Truck. <laughs> you know, and they're t they're talking about all these Netflix series and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, no, we watch Blaze. Yeah, I and you'll laugh at this because like right now I'll have the TV on in the background some days especially when I'm working um, and a show that I despise but I listen to do you remember what it was no I don't remember The View oh yes 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 we did talk about The View you're despised despise the view. those despicable ladies there is nothing unifying about them their tongues are as sharp and pointed as any tongue could ever be in the country but is that now, the point of their show to be to bring a unification I thought in the beginning that's what they were going to put it all out on the table and and we would come we would know the truth about everything. Maybe we'll do and some all research they, on that and see so what the end game of the view is. And I definitely think the views um you know, I don't want to say their direction has changed. I would say their dynamic has changed. I just I remember the view and the view has been on a long time. I remember I remember there were a few days watching the view on sick days from school in middle school and high school at like 11 a.m. or noon. Um, I think like 11 and then like the young and the restless at noon. Yeah, I had a face. Um. <laughs> well, I did. I did used to watch it when it first came out. I watched it. I liked it because they would put people on from all aspects of life and talk about everything. But now they've gone the direction that their opinions are all that count. Yeah, we'll have to I'll have to we'll have to look and see what their current Ob objective is because I, I can't tell you besides ratings everybody wants ratings that's all uh, exactly there have only been I'll say in the past six eight months there have only been two items that I have heard come out of Whoopi Goldberg's mouth that I agreed with 
yeah. I, uh, and she lied because, you know, when Trump was elected last time, she said she was leaving the country and she's still here. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of uh, false promises out there for people. There's a whole list of those. Oh, my gosh. There's so many of them. They're just like, if if this person wins, I'm leaving. Uh, and listen, some people's repercussions, <laughs> they come back to bite them. The rapper Lil Pump. He uh-huh. he was released from his label because of his his uh his antics at a recent Trump rally. So it's always oh another one, the rapper Lil Wayne. I don't know why I know all these rappers because I don't listen to them. The rapper Lil Wayne, his girlfriend broke up with him <laughs> after his recent not necessarily. I don't want to say Trump support, but he just wasn't making smart comments in regards to his views. And I'm just, and she was like, no, it's a deal breaker. And she broke up with them. <laughs> hey, well, better now than after they get married, I guess. <laughs> I completely agree. Hey, do it now. Tell me up front. Uh, here and here, we're past the point of who's going to win. I We're past the point does it matter at this point if it's trump or biden sure it does to an extent at this point i think what's more important than all of this is that we get our act together because we did have complaints about voter questions voter fraud about the machines heck i watched some videos of college professors who took these voting boxes and altered them there was one that was um he did a vote between ohio state and michigan state and he manipulated the votes and he showed them where their votes what they really were and then he showed them what he gave them to see because he flipped them Mm -hmm. and i'm like is that here's my thing i don't care if it is or it isn't i want to know which is is this voter machine accurate and safe are the rumors that are out there that it was created by venezuela to fix the the vote for um what's hugo chavez are these true or are they false i don't i don't care about the drama in between i want to get to the bottom of it right and i can see that point for sure absolutely and so that's all i care right now we've got to save the integrity of the vote because you know what there's a big vote coming up in january in your neck of the woods there is it's already being talked about people are already uh saying don't stop the vote gotta keep going so i i definitely already know um i would agree you know at this point save the integrity of the voting um someone brought up a post that it says um voter suppression is not being able to vote in today's society and what they were referring to is the technology portion the innovation behind not being able to vote um look at this current society look at this current ingenuity in technology and a a significant amount of people will tell you that definitely something is not right with the fact of why can't i vote electronically everywhere and why can i not see my vote 
Um, because I'm a I'm good a, point. My mom and I had this conversation um, actually when we went to vote together, um, and it was because I was utterly confused at the age of 26 when I went to vote um, in, Ch- in in Chattanooga because um, I was a Tennessee resident at the time, and I had to do a paper ballot. I was utterly confused. I expected, like the first time I voted in 2012, um, which was the Obama election or re-election, if I'm correct. His second term is when I was able to vote for the first time. Um, if I'm correct, I don't know. My memory's bad now, but I know I voted when I was a freshman in college. And I was in Ohio and we had computers. So to my mind, when I'm voting this time, I expected the same thing. And my mother shared with me, she said, no, Tennessee has always done paper ballots. And I was utterly confused. And I was like, where's all of these different... Wait, you did a paper ballot? I had to sit down and fill out a paper ballot. Okay, because I want that's you know what that's something we want to look into f- over the course of the next four years because you know what I didn't do a paper ballot and I'm in Tennessee. Mine was on a machine. Wow, nope, no, ma'am. I had to sit down with a pen and mark in my ballot. And the first time I voted in the state of Ohio in college was on a machine. So e- even just that portion. That is very concerning. Um, in the age of technology, I should be able to vote from my device, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I should be able to see my vote. And of course, somebody in the conspiracy theory sector is going to say, well, they can be hacked. Well, guess what? We're having conversations. <laughs> we're, we're having conversations on the paper ones being hacked right now. So... <laughs> You know, there's obviously going to be some conversation that brings that up, but I I would honestly give people the food for thought of in the age of technology, in the age of social media and innovation, that this this is a level, quote unquote, of voter suppression Um, and not just for any particular group, for everybody. I need I would in my I feel like this cell phone does a lot of things. I should be able to mark my valid, certified, secure, encrypted presidential, Senate, Congress vote from this cell phone and then be able to see it and check it every day if I have to, to see if my vote had changed, if there was. But you know, it said some places have that. Um, I want to say Colorado does. I, I'd have to go back through my Facebook, but I have some a friend on my Facebook that her entire family went and cast their vote as a family. And I do like seeing that where families are, you know, that this is something that's helping families come together. Um, but they went, there were, I want to say there were five of them. Um, only three of their um, votes showed up as being cast. Hmm. Two of them did not re- were not reflected, so they have the ability to go. And I keep meaning to go to see if Tennessee has that ability to look, um, but I haven't done that yet. Yeah. So that's so some of my homework. I'd like to see that personally in the future. I think that would ease a lot of minds to be able to have 
a valid, secure, encrypted, certified software or system that I can vote from and I can see my vote. Because, I mean, when I tell you utterly confused, 26, utterly confused, I was like, is this, you have to sit down and fill this out? I ain't never did it in my life. Had to flip it over, had to read the documents. I thought I was going to push a button. No, ma'am. Very. Yeah, I did not know. And that was in Chattanooga, right? That w- yes, ma'am. That was in Chattanooga. Yes, yeah, I had no idea that they did paper because I'm in Murfreesboro and ours was on a machine. So the inconsistency across the voting platform field is sign number to, one. Yeah, to me, this is one of those, I think, that we need to push our legislators and our Congress people. I almost think that this is one of the few things that the federal government should implement something consistent. I agree. I do you believe, do you think there should be um, voter ID? Uh, can you can you elaborate? Do I, you I mean, feel I'll, you I'll, should... I was going to say, off the feel- top of my head, it sounds like you think I should present my ID to every time I vote. And I would yes. say, I, I would say yes. I agree. Okay. Okay. And, and to be honest, very... We're in the minority. Tennessee does require a photo ID. Mm-hmm. Now, here are the reasons they give and say that voter ID laws are discriminatory. Um, minority voters disproportionately lack ID. Nationally, up to 25% of African American citizens of voting age lack government issued photo ID compared to only 8% of whites. So, how do we fix that? When you register and you have to register to vote, that you should even if it's on your registration your uh voter registration should have your picture on it Mm -hmm. and i don't disagree with that and especially because now everybody can get all bent out of shape i don't care because we we know that a lot of the places do not want voter identification is because they do have a lot of folks that are not legal citizens and that is a legal citizens what's the word I'm looking for privilege Mm -hmm. if you're not a citizen of the United States you do not count towards this well a lot of people there's a lot of people who don't Uh, California does not have voter ID and they have a very strong illegal resident um, but it, here it says the, the here are the states that have strict photo ID required Georgia Indiana Kansas Mississippi North Carolina Tennessee Virginia and Wisconsin now here are states that request it but they're not strict on it Arkansas, Alabama, Florida, Hawaii, Idaho, Louisiana, Michigan, Rhode Island, South Dakota, and Texas. You know, then you'd have to find, I mean, you just have to start at the beginning. Um, You'd have to look at those margins for those disproportionate voters who uh, don't have ID and kind of go from there. Because I can tell you, I can personally believe it. I feel like they make you go through hoops and hurdles to get an identification. I personally do just remember when I was 18 trying to get one and 
I mean, they want to skin your whole life. And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> At 18, I just don't know what to tell you. I barely knew what hospital I was from. So... I, I I personally can't believe it. So then there there are other variables at play that have to be reexamined or restructured to eliminate this. Because it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be hard to validate who you are and and get a identification for you. It's Especially a- you know today in four years there's going to be another election. Mm-hmm. IDs are free. Or maybe, and I think a voter ID should be free. I, I think if all you're getting is an ID, and it could be on your voter registration card. Now, I, I don't. Now why me, it has to? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, because I was going to ask a totally different question. Oh, I, I just, I think this is something we have got four years to fix this, to get out. And do you know that we had the same issue, sort of, back in two thousand. You know, we went 37 days before we knew who the president was going to be. Do you remember that? No, I was too young for that. I, I, it was that, in the year that, 2000. I was too young to care. Yeah, remember that's that. 20 years ago, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I had only been, I was only six years old. Okay. <laughs> was that a so Bush, the election was that a Bush between year? Bush and Gore. Yeah. 2000, 2000. Four to 2008 because then Obama took that. Yeah. All right. That was a yeah. yeah. So we have had, we've had these times where we've had to wait and it's fine. That's what the process is in place for. In fact, they built this into the Constitution and the election part to give people the opportunity to get rid of any disparities. And in fact, the Gore Bush one went back and forth and recounted so many times that the Supreme Court finally said, look, stop. Because at that point, they were all on the punch ballots. So chads were starting to get loose and come out and you couldn't tell. And finally, I can't remember how many recounts they did because they the difference was just in the hundreds. And finally, Gore conceded and, and said, you know what, you're right. I guess it kept coming out as Bush in the end because originally Gore was said to have won, but during the recounts, multiple times, it turned out Bush won. Gotcha. And that's why my big statement to everybody now is just let the process work. The more angry you get about it, the more I go, what don't you want us to find? Right. Now, let me ask you this separate question, open mic question. Love that. Um, do you think that past uh, criminals who have been charged with a crime and are in society, should they be allowed to vote? What level of crime? Doesn't matter if they are in society. I, 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 you know, if they have misdemeanor, I, the the questions up because um, felons currently do not have the ability to vote. Correct. And I think it should stay that way. Now I, I disagree, and I use the key word in society because if they are in society, working and paying taxes, then. They should be, uh, in my opinion, 
just as eligible as the next door neighbor with no criminal history who is also paying taxes to live in this country. But what if they're a criminal not working and paying taxes? They're dealing drugs. They've been in and out of jail two, three times over felonies. You still think they should have the right to vote? To me, that doesn't sound logical for that person to be still in the streets. Just to be honest, I definitely know there are some misdemeanor people out there that may have that kind of background. Um you know a misdemeanor i got caught with drugs before i'm not working i'm still dealing drugs but that's but that but that's where i think they've divided that's a misdemeanor is different you know i mm-hmm. i got wrapped up with a girl and hers turned out to be a felony because of the amount of money she embezzled right but if i have someone with a felony that is in society working paying taxes then I believe that they are just as eligible as the person next door who had does not, who is also working and paying taxes. Because they, they, and I say in society specifically because the system has released them. The system has acknowledged that they have committed a felony. That's what just, about the ones that got released over COVID? If the same concept, <laughs> same concept. I'm going to draw the line at the same concept. If they've been released, if they are in society working and paying taxes, because at I, that point they are living citizens as well. Well, I would put a stipulation on it. I I get where you're coming from, and especially someone who may have learned from that experience, mm-hmm. who... you'll laugh I almost think they should have to go through the citizenship test I I want I wouldn't laugh I just wouldn't agree because I mean there are people in society who can't who can't go through it but that's because of there's a whole nother worms we'll get back to later with our education system Um, but I think there should be some sort of a loyalty or a that they've grasped the enormity of what they did i guess i i so then i I, just don't think that we should but i think part of that comes from a difference in how voting was presented to each of us mm -hmm. when i was growing up kids could not wait to turn 18 it was instilled upon them that oh my gosh you're going to be 18 you get to vote families used to do it and then we've gotten away from that um there's not a big emphasis on how important voting is a lot of the kids don't care about voting oh i don't care and i think so that's where the differential is maybe well you sent me that article that day about that judge do you remember that uh refresh my memory he um he was taking some of the people that came before him for their crimes and he was Oh yes 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 he working with them yes he substituted their uh sentencing he he gave alternative sentencing yes i remember and it was 
to uh, was it educate themselves on the voting system, on the people that there was out there, and they had to show proof that they had voted. Yeah. So this judge, and I can't remember his name. It was via LinkedIn post. He gave a young lady that came before him alternative sentencing. He said um, to eradicate you of, I hope that's the right word. I'm having a moment. To eradicate you of your crime here, you have two options. Ex- um, you may either write me an essay. You write the courts, not me. Write the courts an essay on, uh, you know, voting. You know, the political system, whatever it was. It was very beneficial to her education. Or you must be a, a poll worker on the day of election for this amount of time and bring me back also proof that you have voted in this current election because it's part of your your due diligence as a citizen. Um, and I just and I sent it to you because I thought that level of uh, alternative sentencing for that individual was fantastic. And I've seen other examples. You know, there's a there's a judge. I think he's in New Jersey that he gets uh, social media play that uses. Um, he he actually listens to the patrons and their stories. Um, he not necessarily their stories, but he asks six specific questions about how they got to the point that they got before him, and he makes decisions off of that. Um, and he'll acknowledge the law. He'll say the law tells me that you know based on this, this is what you should be sentenced for, what you can, and then he'll make a vital decision um, that is pretty positive for his community. So, yeah, absolutely. I, hey, I love that stuff, and I. I know we we have talked to a judge in the past. I sent that to her, but we we did not get a comment back. Yeah, so hopefully we'll we'll get to have more conversation on that. Um, I did want to say I I get where you're going with the stipulation portion, and I'm not opposed to that. Um, you, I did want to say I think our COVID nineteen releases. I, they got out on technicalities, which I'm, I'm I'm personally still not mad at. One, because private prison system can be pretty terrible. Two, um, I don't think that. Let me start out by saying this: the best, one of the best things that I that have I've been reminded of was that prison is designed to be uh, rehabilitation. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Our American prison system is not like that. Don't get me wrong. I know crimes are violent. They can be bad nature crimes. Jeffrey Dahmer, all those people in history, blah, blah, blah. But our prison system is supposed to be about rehabilitation. Um, that's not the case here. So uh, that's not the case in many American prisons. It's, they are treated with the, without the regard for rehabilitating them. <laughs> But if we put a focus back into our society that voting is important, and I think that this election, for whatever reasons, has gotten people more in tune, more involved in that process. And I think that if people took that as being something of, of great value to the American people and that be part of their release part of your probation part of your getting out is you have to know the election system you've got to be aware of how it works and how important and vital your part is to that 
you know, I, and I, then let them out and let them vote. I sat here <laughs> and had a moment and thought about that process, and I would retract my statement and say I could probably go along with that um, because you're rehabilitating them and reintroducing them to be a citizen of society and a contributor. And I do think that knowledge on our voting system and that history is pretty important, a part of that. So I would probably go along with that. I think it deserves more conversation, but I definitely wanted to address that because you'd be surprised how many people in this current election on both sides, those who are allies for these criminals or former criminals, I should say, because I'm not going to put them in a current position, who were released and there were um, groups working with governments to get laws overturned or passed or get laws uh, actually being put into place. Um, And actually, that's not the right verbiage. The laws that are already on the books, making sure that they were enforced. So there are some places that the criminals could still vote, but there was a process for it, you know. So you saw a lot of that uh, during this election, and I wanted to bring that up because I can't imagine um, being a rehabilitated criminal, put back into society, expected to pay taxes like the next person, working, living, and you not having a say in that community or a part of this country because you have what they consider to be a criminal. So why release me? You know, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of many different follow-ups here. You know, what was the point of releasing me if I'm still not going to be treated as part of the society? You know, there are different variables here. So I definitely wanted to just ask that question personally, but also bring that up for people who are listening um, because it affected a lot of people. I know there was one circumstance where groups in Florida uh, raised money to pay off balances for people who had criminal backgrounds, because that's one of the conditions is you can't owe the courts, I guess. Um, paid those balance balances for them or had raised money to help them pay their balances. And there were still groups that were trying to deny them their right to vote. Um, legally, they have a system in place where they were able to do, you know, not have this balance and could still receive a voter registration and could vote. And there were still groups tr- attempting to deny them that when legally it was on the books. So, and that I that I have a problem with. If you have met all the criteria and you legally are able to vote, people leave them alone. Let them go vote just because you think they're going to vote for somebody you don't want. And that's my problem. The end does not justify the means. Right. Or the means does not justify the end. However that phrase is. Yeah, I know what you meant. (laughs) To get what you want, you can't do whatever you want to get there. It, It. you have to follow the rules and the laws and they're put in place everybody a lot of people say you know the constitution is out of date it's just it's old it's not it was set up on principles you have the bill of rights and the amendments to protect people if you think there is something out of date or wrong with it 
all you have to do is get your petitions together, go to your legislatures and say, hey, we need to relook at this. That's why I'm saying like voter rules and regulations. We're having so many issues with how states treat it differently. To me, this would almost be something where the federal government can come in and say, we need to get a level playing field here, guys. We need, in order to build integrity, people have to know how the process works from one state to the other. And why in the hell are we not more modernized? I will not understand. It's like one of my kids said, well, you can't do fingerprint because somebody could just take your fingerprint on a piece of tape. Okay, what about the retina thing? I mean, there's got to be some ways that are more secure than what we're doing now. Because these systems are archaic. Oh, yeah. Like you said, I can't go and look and see if my vote was in there in a lot of states. In in an age of technology, that's an issue. And to me, that opens us up to more fraud than anything else. 100%. So. Anything else you'd like to get off your chest today? (laughs) Just let the process work, people. I agree. And if if you don't know how that process is supposed to work, get on the internet. You can look up constitutional law, state law all of that and know how they interchange and I'll be the first one to tell you that some of how it's supposed to work surprised me because we're just not using it and that's why we're in the shape that we're in in a lot of these places Pennsylvania if you'd have done what you were supposed to do and put your changes in advance in a request to your legislature none of this would have been a question Listen, you heard it from the redheaded woman yourself. (laughs) And I want to touch before we leave one big topic that's raising its ugly head again is COVID-19. Yeah, it's popping back up. It's flu season and COVID season. So do you think that governors have the right to lock down cities? I would say yes. But I'm so sorry for I, you. I do think there's a lot of um, arguments, I guess is the best word to say how long this should happen. You know, everyone, I, I, I get it. You know, we're looking at economies and our, our, our businesses. Um, but I'm also looking, I'm looking at what are these other countries that are COVID free? What did they do? Um, what country is COVID free besides China, who I don't believe? Um, there's a few of them that are COVID free. I think the most recent one that I looked at today was Nova Scotia, if I'm correct. Um, don't quote me, but I read an article. It's been a while. It's been a long day. Um, but there were a few of them that were currently COVID. I think there may be just like less than five that are currently COVID free. And the rest do not have cases that even compared to this country. So we're obviously doing something wrong. So I know people don't agree with closing, um, but remaining open is still doing something wrong somewhere and no one's really having the conversation to figure out why. 
But the sh- then why didn't the first shutdown work? <laughs> they didn't adhere to it. <laughs> Let's be very honest about that. They put that those shutdowns in place, and they were not adhered to. You had a few locations that got law enforcement involved to hammer down on certain areas, including the city of Atlanta, um, who in- implemented curfew and, and had patrolmen out, um, you know, actually adhering on, on some cases. But for the most part, no, no, ma'am. Lots of curfews put into place. Lots of curfews not acknowledged. Um, facilities still open. Most of them had the choice to close down. Um, I know there were some requirements. There were definitely phases where everyone was like, no, you're not going to be open. But that did not last long. And they just were not adhered to. They, it was not taken seriously by the patrons and some of the business owners. But Nashville was shut down for two months. I there. I heard that. I wasn't in the area at the time, so I really wasn't paying attention. I remember everything was shut down for my birthday in March. Um, I do remember that. I was in Chattanooga at the time. Um, literally nothing was open. Um, I had a for my birthday when I turned 26. I just had me and four friends in a lonely little hotel room taking shots because <laughs> nothing was open. I, well, barely, barely the hotel was open. <laughs> well, as of November 13th, I've got your nine countries without coronavirus. Okay. I don't even know that these countries had coronavirus, but we'll go with that. North Korea, Turk, Turkmenistan, Samoa, Kiribati, Federated States of Micronesia, Tonga, Palo, P-A-L-A-U, Tuvalu, and Nauru, N-A-U-R-U. Okay. Well, I'd like to go, like North Korea, they don't let anybody in. That's So they would have had little to none of it. Um, and no one in their right mind goes to, or is that South Korea? Who uh, is... Uh, uh, it's probably North Korea. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna I found my I found my article that I read earlier. Um, it was an op-ed from the New York Times from a young lady who talks about it. Um, <laughs> her title was great. Her title is "Living in a COVID-Free World" um, or "COVID-Free Nova Scotia." Hold on. Um, uh, living in Nova Scotia's COVID-Free World, 500 miles from Manhattan. <laughs> So, I, I mean, that was a great title, but I'll send you that. That's what I read earlier. Um, so, I'm just, I, that's just for me getting to the point of, and not even just these countries, but then your other countries that have significantly, significantly low rates or cases. So, here would be my question to you. Mm-hmm. What is your biggest fear that you feel we should be shut down? What makes you think that that's that's a viable thing? Because there are people who walk around with COVID nineteen cases and they don't give a damn. Okay, but they do the same thing with the flu. 
valid flu flu i think flu conditions and COVID 19 conditions um are similar but different do you know what the recovery rate for um COVID is I mean, I think we've talked about it being in the 90 percentile, but I still have some questions regarding that just because your death rate is too high to suggest that you have a 90th percentile recovery rate. So that would just be my argument. So then I'd need. But are you watching your death rates? And the reason I ask that is because this is my this is one of my big bitches with the media you know in the very beginning we did have high death rates right and now they've slowed down now you're just getting high case counts Um, but do you exactly but do you know why the death rate was so much higher in the beginning than it is now why was that because your places like new york city um was it one of the pennsylvania cities and i know that gallatin tennessee had the issue because it went rampant in the nursing homes and before they could get a grip on what the transfer rate of it was it was in your most high risk vulnerable class of people that through the and 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 I'm sorry in New York City where he sent nursing home patients with COVID from the hospital back to the nursing home, all he did was increase that. So that's why those numbers in the beginning were so high. We literally didn't know anything about it then. So the nursing home cases, I can definitely say, would be a factor. Um, but during well, the time- so now we have that under control, and we understand how that affects. So if you even if you go back and you remove the nursing home to your normal society people, only your high risk people. I won't say only. Because sometimes people don't realize they're in high risk and there's an underlying condition. Mm-hmm. But we're at a 97% recovery rate. 97% and we're going to destroy our economy over 97% and your flu is got is just about the same recovery rate. You know, I, I- I look at the flu and I look at COVID-19 totally different, even though there are similarities there. Um, you know, the impact of this, from what I hear, uh, is does not even compare to the flu. So, I... <laughs> I to In me, some instances, I agree. I, so, to me, it, it's, 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 a, it's a risk. It's a risk of life. It, it truly is. It is a risk of life. Um, and I think about children. I think about the fact that if I've got a nine-month-old nephew and you have what, a two-year-old grandson at this point. Yep. Um, and so it, it is a it is a risk of life that I'm like, if, if it calls for shutting down some or significantly most businesses that aren't essential. Um, but who... <laughs> To get things whose ideas? Who? What's essential? Um, businesses that produce our food, and not a restaurant. Restaurants don't produce our food. That's a luxury food. I'm talking about your grocery stores that provide 
our ingredients for our foods. Um, but what about the person that owns that restaurant you're shutting down? Is that not essential to their livelihood? Because the government can't continue. Well, they haven't even put out the second um, stimulus package because they're talking about a three trillion dollars again. Where's that money going to come from? People ask that question. I say, where's the? I'd say, where's the rest of the money that the country's in debt for came from? <laughs> they just pull it out of thin air. Well, but that's also getting us in trouble because you know they're printing money without gold backing. And it took me a long time to understand that, um, what that really meant. But you know what? China could walk in and take us right now because we do not have enough gold to cover what we owe. And that's a big, scary thing going forward. So at, at when you say essential, essential to who? Even if you even to answer that question, the essential of someone's business and it being their livelihood, I'd still say no, because they chose that route to make something essential. But that they them had owning that business, that's to me still a luxury that they have, and there could still be a job. You know. Oh, I think you are so wrong, but that's just me. <laughs> I'm I'm I am totally against shutdowns. Right. Here's my thing. I think it is pers- just like you said, you know, you and I have common sense and hopefully the people listening to us have some common sense or take a step back and go, I need to get some common sense. <laughs> but you take precautions because of your nephew in your house. Mhm. I take precautions because of the toddler in my house. I do not wait for somebody to tell me what I can and can't do. Mm-hmm. I have been out to eat since last February a total of three times. Three since February. Each of those times, I did what I needed to do to take some extra precautions for me. Mm-hmm. To me, it's my choice if I want to go out to eat. Um, it's my choice. I don't go shopping. I, I'm one of those who has switched most everything I do, um, the online ordering and go pick up my stuff. Mm-hmm. I do contact contactless pickup. I do that because that's what's right for here. Now, last month, we took the grandson to a pumpkin patch and all day activities never put on a mask 98% of the people there did not put on a mask and everybody kept saying oh it's going to be a super spreader it did not come out on the contact um, tracing as being any part of a spread of a, a large spread mm-hmm. of the virus I just I think my honest gut is that it has been more political than it has been about saving us. You know, I would I would be a part of the because you used the keyword which was precaution, but you then have these businesses who may have started with precautions and now to do what they can to just make revenue, they don't care anymore. 
I honest, I and I'll tell you when I had to really take a step back. I did go, and I it it, it didn't dawn on me. I had a I had a moment. I just wasn't paying attention. I did go out. I went to a restaurant in Chattanooga. I won't name them, um, but it I was not paying attention to the amount of people in that facility, and it was not a small facility, but it was also not large. To the point where they could social distance. Well, I would say they may have started social distancing, but because they were getting revenue, they didn't care. So, I it did not dawn on me until. Did day. you stay? Um, I was in the building probably, probably thirty ish minutes, maybe forty five. At the again. So at, you went ahead. And, you went ahead and stayed. Uh, yeah. I again. At the time. Okay. At the time, I was not aware. I, I I wasn't paying attention to the amount of people in the facility. I wasn't paying. So attention. is that the restaurant's fault or your fault? And I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm trying to go through this process of thinking. Re- I, I initially restaurants because they stopped taking the precautionary part out of it. And allow those people because I then reflected on the the amount of people in that facility, and the only reason it came to light is because a few days later, I wasn't feeling well. Uh, I, I have not gone to get COVID tested. I personally am not going to. There's no cure. It's just not a thing right now. I have my own reasons, but regardless of that, I felt something was wrong. To the point where I started reflecting back on what I had done. Now, I ain't been to no clubs. I ain't been to nowhere a while. I pretty much stayed to myself. But I did go out to get dinner um, with two other individuals. Did you ever send anything to that um, restaurant? I did not. Um, See, that's where I... This is where... And I know we're different in that because I... I don't care about conflict. No, that's that's not it. I don't think that was my priority. I I, I just personally, I could I get where you're going. I and from you're talking to a person who I leave hotel reviews. I leave. I that's love, why I I'm surprised car, you like, said no. I leave all of it. I really do. I'd be like, let me rate my experience because this issue was trash. <laughs> I really do. That's why I'm surprised you. I figured when I asked that, you were going to go, oh, hell yes. Yeah. And so I did not. I, I think at that point, at that week, probably I was distracted. But I reflected back on what I had done and where I was because I felt like there's a strong possibility I may have contracted this. And I began to determine what activities I had been involved in or what I had done. And I, and I reflected back on that restaurant that night. And when I tell you, I just personally believe that because they had, were receiving uh, revenue from patrons coming in, that all consideration of social distancing was removed. And I reflected back on where I sat, who was next to me, how many people. And I, I just... I'm not going to say I contacted anything because I, I didn't get tested. I just know I didn't feel great. <laughs> Breathing was trash, all of that. And I just, and I reflected and I said, you know what? This is the business. This is the initial. I can have my own responsibility for going. But initially for the business, if you're going to open, you got to have a respect for your patrons. You have dying pat- patrons. You have no patrons at all eventually. 
Um, well, but I think it goes back to the accountability thing. I think that most of them open with good intentions of following, and some of these restrictions are so tense I would that I think that when your customers are going, oh, come on, it's just three of us. You can let us in. And I'm not saying that's what happened with you. I'm saying that I think this may be some of the restaurants think, okay, well, my customers don't care. My customers just want to come and eat. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And so that's why I go back to, you know what? Shame on you because you went, you stayed, and you did. But now when you think you might be a little upset because you might have contracted it now it's the restaurant's fault Mm -hmm. and i and i go back because my own experience was the same thing we went to um a restaurant um that my husband and i like to go to because we we have birthdays just three days apart Mm -hmm. and i'm sitting at the restaurant and every booth is full Mm. There was no six feet, you know, the booth behind us was full. And my first inclination was, well, they're not practicing. But do you know what this restaurant did? They put up plexiglass partitions between every booth. Mm -hmm. So now your booth is totally isolated from the one in front or you know front and back of you mm-hmm. and so i thought i okay i'm okay with this and my and my husband even said when we sat down we have entered the covid free zone <laughs> because you had to wear a mask going in because the they've implemented the masks again mm-hmm. and so but you walk side by side with people to your table and then when you get there, now you're isolated. Right. Now, I'm not one of those people um, who will blame the restaurant for my reckless behavior. Because let me tell you something. I drag, <laughs> I drag certain people that I know. And I really have to pray because I don't speak damnation or ill upon anybody. But when I tell you for those first earlier moments in this pandemic, I literally was like, you know what? I just don't have no sympathy if you catch it. You know why? Because you are out here in these clubs. You are out here catching flights. You are out here in these packed restaurants and no form of social distancing. I I have friends on social media. Some of them are still doing it. If you're in a hookah bar at at this stage and you catch it, I just don't have no sympathy. Because nothing about that, given the nature of what we know about this virus, (laughs) is just not. Well, no, it's not a virus because it doesn't stay. It's a disease, I think, whatever. Um, given what we know it's still classified as a virus okay gotcha so given just what we know I would I would literally be like I have no sympathy if you catch it you catch it because your behavior has not changed and you've got only yourself to consider but there are other people in your lives or at your jobs you have no consideration for them Um, and so I just was not one of those people oh I was not one of those people I was I because I was talking about him. I was like, I literally, I kid you not. I have a friend from high school. Would love to see him again now that I'm back in Atlanta. But when I tell you he doesn't stop, he's worse than me. And everybody knows I'm on the go. <laughs> he is at the hookah bar, at the mall, catching flights, at the club. And I mean, yes, you have a mask, sir, but you are not 
making this ratio any better. And so I just initially I was like that. And I then I had to take a moment and reflect and pray and say, God, I don't wish that on anybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and, and, and I don't need and I don't want to be mistaken that every life, you know, is connected to somebody. Right. We never want anybody to die. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is none of us live forever. Mm-hmm. I agree. And so flu, coronavirus, H1N1, mm-hmm. irregardless of what it is, this won't be the only time it happens. We can't live in fear of it. I agree. Oh, absolutely. We, And so here's my thing is, you know what? I'm not going to stop Mr. Entrepreneur from feeding his family. Just like the, the Dallas salon owner she opened back up she was not going to stay closed and that's what she told the judge you know if my apologizing to you for opening is more important than kids eating then I'll apologize but in my eyes it's not Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry if I have to choose you know between opening my business and following certain precautions so that I can versus being closed down and and here here's the other kick in the ass these politicians closing stuff down we all know i despise nancy pelosi to begin with but one of the reasons is you don't in the middle of a lockdown you don't stand in front of your freezer gloating that you're eating 15 dollar a pint ice cream while you have everybody shut down and they don't know how they're going to feed their families You've got a governor in another state who took his family on a vacation on a f- commercial flight while he was fining people for not wearing a mask or for opening their business. Right. That's where I and I know I'm, I'll try well, to no, calm I, down. I would agree. The hypocrisy is a problem. We can't do that. I would agree. And so if, if you're gonna if you're gonna put forth this crap, here's the other thing. New York is on a mandatory shutdown. Their governor has now told them they can't have more than, what, five or six people at a Thanksgiving meal, even in your home. And now they're saying you're going to have to start wearing your mask at home. And then he votes himself in a raise. What the hell sense does that make? Yeah. And so I, people, I would tell New Yorkers that they need to reevaluate their political leaders. But do you know that New York is having a mass exodus? New York was uh, number one on the list to not go to. Yeah. When all of this started, still ain't. I, and so when I come back, you know what? The country is built on individual freedoms. With that individual freedom, I feel that each of us has a responsibility to our family and our friends. Now, there always has been and there always will be reckless people. That's just how it is. Right. To me, it's up to me to protect myself from them. You know, my final condition on all of this is, is I just think there needs to be reassessment because obviously, I still stand by what I said earlier, we must be doing something wrong because I'm looking at the rest of the world, their cases are not nearly as high, some of them have a population that definitely exceeds us. Um, and some of them, as we reviewed, are COVID-free currently. I'll send you my Nova Scotia article also so you can see that. 
But I just that's all I'm saying. I don't know all the specs. I'm just I'm sticking to my little clan and minding my business. I did take my flight, you know. Thank you for safe. Thank you Southwest for the safety precautions in Colorado for the curfew. Um and Colorado's a lot of mountain anyways. I was outside. But see, I'm <laughs> I'm good with that, Brandon. I'm good with that because what did that boil down to? You yourself had to evaluate what you were going to do. Mm-hmm. Agree. And you felt that this was the right time, the right place, and you did what you needed to do to protect yourself and your friends. I did. We did. Absolutely. And that's, to me, that's what it's about. It's not for the governor to tell me I can't have, I mean, we've had to reevaluate, you know, I'm getting ready to go out of town for Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. to an area that has had issues in the past, but I'm still going to go. I'm going to protect myself and my family that's getting together and we're just going to sit on the beach. (laughs) Hey, I'm here for it. I think you are probably a lot safer. I do want to bring up, and I know we're going to wrap up here, but one of the points made to me recently was, or at least someone told me to consider, what have you looked at the homeless population and their lack of COVID-19 cases? So, I I mean, we can open that rabbit hole another day because we've definitely uh, extended this one, but I definitely think that was a wise point somebody brought to my attention. But that's why I say stop focusing on the number of cases. It's no cases are no different than the flu. What we have to be concerned with is the percentage of deaths to those cases. Right. Because you know what they do the same thing with the flu, you know, but they focus on that death rate. See, they've stopped telling focusing on the death rate with COVID, and why? Because it's not as bad. It's not the ninety percent death rate that they gave us. It's a ninety. It's a 95% or better recovery rate. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what we need to do for the next few weeks is look at that ratio. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely do some more investigative journalism. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here to do. We're here to help you find a real solution to things. Yes, the original message. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in with us on this lovely open mic. Definitely check us out at www.therealsolution.com. All of your podcast platforms that of your choosing, you can check us out. We're updating the SoundCloud. I don't know what she's doing on Parlor. I'm going to teach her how to tweet more, and we'll update all of the social medias, including our YouTube channel. So everyone... <laughs> can get with the program because season two is almost over it's thanksgiving next week can you believe that and we really would like to hear what your thoughts on and what your family is doing to get through all the election chaos and the covid chaos and with holidays coming up so um keep us in the loop and talk to us on social media and we'll talk to you until then we will see you on another episode of the real solution podcast Bye. Bye.